Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, February 2nd, 2015. Today we're reading from the big book in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, and we are at page 45, and it's the second paragraph beginning with, well, that's exactly. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Amy W., The 12 Traditions, Karen U., and the readers of the text are Due L., Sharon R.S., and Anne Marie M. Now, the reference number, the share code for yesterday, Sunday, special edition, February 1st, 2015, on step four, root step four, is 7253 pound. That's 7253. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amy W. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Amy W., California. 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact natures of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for our knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message 
to compulsive overeaters and to practice his principles, these principles in all our affairs. Uh, thank you very much, and I pass. Well, thank you, Amy W. I will now ask Karen U. to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Karen U. from Michigan. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinions on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. And thank you, Karen You. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book on chap- in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, and we are on page 45, and it's going to be the second paragraph. This is where we begin. Well, that's exactly. So at this time, I will ask, um, I will ask Stu to read, start reading, please. Begin our reading. 
throughout. Good morning. Well, that's exactly what this book is all about. Its main objective is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we're going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hopes rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God. But we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With the rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We looked upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, and inexplainable calamity and with deep skepticism. We looked at with, uh, we looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other moments, we found ourselves thinking, when enchanted by a starlight night, who then made all this? There was a uh, fleeing of awe and wonder, but it was fleeing and soon lost. Good morning. My name is uh, Duel, and I'm a recover uh, compulsive overeater and Wow, these paragraphs really speak to me because I, I was I I came into program being an atheist and uh, today um I believe in the higher power and how how did that happen you know how how can I go from not wanting or wanting to know about God and 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 uh, talk about you know people that are anti-religious and, and anti-God, uh, that's that's what I was. You know, I have a lot of prejudice, a lot of old ideas about who God was, what God was, um, and uh, I, I had no desire to be around God. As a matter of fact, when I first came into program, if you would talk to me about God, if you would even mention the hint God, I would probably literally spin in your face. You know, that's how anti-God I was. And yet, you know, this program has shown me that, you know, I need to put away those old thoughts because um, according to page 55, and, and I love to tie this in, it says, actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And it may be obscure by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or the other, it is there. And that, that was me. You know, I was, I was um, someone that didn't believe in depending on God because God had always failed me. You know, he couldn't save this uh, little child from child, uh, childhood abuse. He couldn't save uh, me from other things that I was going through. And so why would I, why would I want to believe in God? You know, why would I want to have faith in God? And um, 
and what I soon learned is through the steps that God was there all the time. God was there all the time. Um, and it had nothing to do with God. It had to do with my prejudice. You know, the, 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 it wasn't God who brought calamity upon me. It was people. And so I had displaced anger, and I had blamed, blamed God for everything. And uh, through this program, it just helped me to get rid of those old ideas. It helped me to get rid of those prejudices and honestly look at, is there a God? You know, is, is there a power greater than myself and some energy out there that can help me? And, of course, you know, I, I couldn't take this step in my, in my head. I had to take it from my heart because that is the conduit. The conduit is willingness and the conduit is, is letting God enter into my life, you know, so that he can work through me. But first I had to address those things, which was my prejudice and know that a lot of times, even my own difficulties, I found myself at times praying to God, asking God for help. And, 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 you know, and, and soon enough, you know, I, I found that I could put those, those uh, at least through these steps, I found out that I could put down those old prejudices and look towards a new way out. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Duell. Okay, Du read the uh, second paragraph for context, and we're going to comment and focus, if we could, on the third paragraph on page 45. For our comments, would anyone like to comment or share? Janice B in Vermont. Janice B. Good morning. Sally. And Sally. Good. Anybody else? Oh uh, yeah, this is Anne Marie. Anne Marie. Okay. Vasa. All right. We have um, uh, after Anne Marie was it Vasa? Yes, Vasa. Oh, Thank you. Okay, let's go with those four right now. That's going to be Janice B, Sally, Anne Marie, and Vasa. Thank you. Go ahead, Janice. Thank you. Good morning, everybody out there. This is Janice B. in Vermont, recovered compulsive overeater. Honest doubt. We shared his honest doubt. Yes, I can identify with that statement. I wanted and still want to have a rock-solid belief and a deep knowing of my higher power. But I have to accept what I have and continue and continue to develop this relationship by paying attention every day, by listening for what God's will for me is and asking for the power and oftentimes courage to do it. And it's fleeting when I feel God. It always feels like gratitude. So that's another thing I practice because it helps remove the doubt. I'm one who thought that faith and dependence on God was weak. I was all about self-reliance and independence, and I isolated, thinking about myself all the time. I ended up very alone, unhappy, and 40 pounds overweight. I was spiritually dead. That's where self-reliance and self-will brought me. I craved connection and relationship, and I was alone. My way didn't work, and I was finally ready to hear the message of the 12 Steps carried to me by the people on this meeting, and I'm grateful. It's not easy to change. As a matter of fact, I know I can't, I can't do it. The only thing I can do is continue to seek God's will, take actions, work steps 10, 11, and 12, 
and God will change me. It's process. And I'm grateful I know, well, I have to keep reminding myself that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I pass. Thank you, Janice B. Okay, Sally A., you're up. Thanks, Janice. Good morning, everybody. This is Sally A. in South Jersey, recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to speak to this last sentence that we were reading this morning. We found ourselves thinking, when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. And there we are, blocked. More about being blocked. And this whole chapter, I think, is really about helping us to get unblocked for whatever the reason is. We agnostics, I said this on Friday and I really believe it, if you have a problem with any addiction, whether it's drugs, alcohol, food, or any other addiction, to some extent we don't know. Something is wrong with our connection. It's like a wire has become disconnected from a button. You know, in the past, Perhaps we could press the button, we could pray, we could have that divine pause of prayer, and we could be, we could press that button of prayer, and we could somehow connect to our higher power, but somehow we became blocked. This reminds me of the bottom of page 12 in Bill's story. I, I really do believe all roads lead to Bill's story. At the bottom of page 12, the real significance of my experience in the cathedral, that thread of the story of Winchester Cathedral that begins on page 1 and travels through this chapter again on 10, and here he lands finally. The real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon, here comes getting blocked. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. Self strikes again. Self leads to getting blocked. So, and I had been, it had been ever since, how blind I had been. Okay, so, so here we are on page 46 in this, in this beautiful chapter, We Agnostic, where we have the opportunity to take a good hard look at what's blocking you. And I just want to say for the shortcut, if you really want to make the shortcut of, of finding out what's blocking you and you have that old question, that long-term question, what is blocking me? Am I blocked? It's really not complicated. It's that divine pause of prayer. Ask your higher power. Ask, why am I blocked? It, it might just come right to you, but you might be surprised. Thanks for letting me share with that iPad. And thank you, Sally. Okay, Anne-Marie, you're up next. One to unmute. Hi, this is Anne-Marie. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, thanks, Anne-Marie, uh, recovered compulsive eater in South Carolina. Uh, grateful, very grateful. Um, I, too, was going to go back to um, Bill's story and um, just sentence, well, on page 45, um, the third sentence that we read, to others the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which some, which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. And um, back on page um, 10, you know, he talks about uh, his uh, childhood memories. 
And I see a lot of hope because here, back in Bill's story, before he found the answer, before he became recovered, he too had doubts about God um, and was agnostic. But he has come to believe um, in a power greater than himself. And this man has turned, not he, but God has helped him to turn his view around and and to have hope. Um, I also read something this morning and talked about being blocked. Um, uh, AA Comes of Age, um, one of um, AA's um, conference-approved books, um, it talks about, um, it's on page 311, um, that our, our type of characteristic, the, the, the characteristic, characteristic of the alcoholic or compulsive or any type of addict, uh, characteristic, it says here, characteristic of the so-called typical alcoholic is a narcissistic, egocentric core, dominated by feelings of opponents, intent on retaining at all costs its inner integrity. And so um, stubbornness and defiance is uh, what that reminds me of. And I just find a lot of hope for many people who just refused to believe or would not believe and now have become recovered. Um, On page uh, 68, you know, it talks about um, the middle uh, uh, middle paragraph, um, second paragraph, I'm sorry. Um, Perhaps there is a better way. We found a better way. What hope? What hope? For we now are on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our infinite self. So I just pray for those who are still in that defiant, obstinate, um, uh, narcissistic core um, where I was once in my disease that I knew everything. I, I, I have been able to change, and through, not me, but through God's grace, and I will end with that. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. Thank you. Vasa, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Janice, for your service. And I'm Vasa, recovered compulsive overeater calling from Florida. I'm just grateful to be here today, grateful for my abstinence. By the grace of God, I'm abstinent today. I had so many thoughts going through my head over my eating lifetime before I came to um, Overeaters Anonymous. I thought I needed, I, I thought to believe and trust in God was like a weakness. Of course, I grew up in a communist country too, so we were, you know, thought not to believe in God. I should be dependent on myself, and um, and that's, you know, I didn't think that I could ask God for help. I didn't, I and I didn't believe, especially with the food. With the food, that's something small. You know, God had bigger, you know, he had more more important things out there in the world to help people than me. So, um, again, I grew up in a home, dysfunction, dysfunctional home. Even my home was dysfunctional, you know, with my kids growing up. So, I mean, I'm not blaming them. my parents. They did the best that they knew how, but there was a lot of physical abuse. That's what they used for punishment, you know. Uh, physical abuse, mental, verbal abuse, 
and, um, you know, I developed um, low self-esteem. And, you know, I children were to be seen, not to be heard when I was young growing up in those days, you know. So well, I, what I learned is I learned to escape, go to the food, to escape, you know, for comfort and, uh, and fantasy and, um, and just suppress, suppress, suppress my feelings. So I guess I was just so sick and tired, you know, when I came to the, by the time I found the program, this person sponsored me, she 12-stepped me, and, and she said the only way I could get relief from this horrible, deadly disease by surrendering to God and the program and the 12 steps, you know. And at that time, you know, with all those mixed thoughts and everything, I felt like I had nothing to lose. I was dying anyways. So, I, you know, I just said I was ready. I was just so ready to surrender to God and just just ask God to please help me. I couldn't do it by myself. And uh, that was the beginning, you know, that was the beginning. I, that was the most thing that I wanted at that time. I just wanted to put the food down. I had the husband, I had the kids, I had everything else pretty much, you know, I thought, till I started doing the fourth step, you know. But anyways, and I, you know, and God took care of me one day at a time, one meal at a time, not with just the food. I started trusting and relying on God for Everything, gradually, it, it's a gradually, gradually with everything. It has been a long process for me, but I needed to put the food down first. Thank you very much for letting me share that pass. Well, thank you, Vasa. Is there anyone else that would like to comment on that on this paragraph? Sarah M. Okay, I heard uh, Sarah W. I heard Matt M. And whom else? Kathy K. Maria. Oh, okay, I hear Kathy K. And I hear Maria. We'll go with those four. Sarah W., Matt M., Kathy K., and Maria. Please go ahead, Sarah. Thank you, Janice, for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah W., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Uh, you know, we're in the second step. You know, the agnostic chapter is not about the third step. It's about the second step. It's about finding... It's about, for me, it's about getting to the hope that I can believe that a power greater than me can restore me to sanity. And for me, at this point in my program, that's not just about the food. That's about everything. That's about everything. And coming to the place where, you know, uh, somebody spoke a little bit about the defiant personality. Um I'm raising my hand right now because I was the ultra-defiant personality, very oppositional about everything. And, you know, I think that really comes from the idea that, can you hear me? I need to be heard. And in some way, I want to be heard or seen. And when I come to that place where I believe that there's a power greater than me, uh, you know, no longer do I have to, you know, either stand out and say, you know, look at me, hear me, I can just say, I know I'm hurt. I know I feel. You know, I don't have to um, struggle like I have so much in my life uh, for either attention or um, just to try to feel like I'm something because 
I think a lot of us have felt either invisible or, um, you know, like, like worthless, just completely worthless. And, um, you know, that, that shame that goes with it. And I was thinking about, like, it's like door number one or door number two, you know. I mean, I look at it like, you know, do I want to have a life um, that I can, you know, really be a part of life, that I can, I can have a, a, a purpose? Because that's what the program really gives us. It gives us a purpose, gives us a sense of self, connects us to a higher power, to ourselves finally, where we can say, I'm okay, I can be right-sized, and it connects us with a power greater than ourselves. So I, in the back of the chapter, um, I think it's um, where it talks about we let God discipline us. And, and I have to say that, for me, that has been so powerful. Um, and, you know, the idea that it, we do make just the beginning, and it, it is ever-changing for me. It's not stagnant. And if I just have that bit of hope that I can be restored to sanity, you know, the rest of it will fall into place with the steps. Um, and, of course, I have to have the foundation of a good first step, too. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Yes, and thank you, Sarah. Matt M., you're up. Star one to one mute, Matt. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you now, yes. Thank you for your service. Um, sorry, that's for being late, so I missed the yesterday's share idea. I apologize. Um, yeah, this is a really powerful chapter. I'm on step two with my sponsor, and I, I meet reminders every day. I was one of those people myself who was very demanding, very authoritative in my own mind. Nobody can tell me anything. I knew it all. Basically very insufferable to be, and no one likes to know it all because there's no room to be teachable, period. Um, I, I grew up with the God of my understanding that was very authoritative, very, authoritative, very like, you know, strict, uh, damaging, you know, punishing. And uh, that took me forever to get rid of that concept of a higher power. I mean, that's years. That's years of that. It's about 15, 15, 16 years of that. Um, yeah, but there's other times where I just said, here, I found myself thinking there's got to be something better than this out there. I don't I can't, I don't want to show. Look at how much stuff is going on. You know, I used to get that ego when I also said and talked about when I looked at, um, you know, warring individuals, warring theological systems and different religions who abuse people in, in the name of God. And all that stuff. Oh, it was so easy for me to not think of a higher power or God in my understanding. I was like, yes, Daddy. So I look at, see this? Perfect reason for me not to deal with the, uh, the higher power thing or the, or, or the God thing. And look at their life. They're hypocrites. Meanwhile, I was the biggest hypocrite of them all. All the things that have been given me and the things I've taken. And I wasn't giving anything back. Um, I'm very grateful that I know I have a higher power watching over me with me being hospitalized right now. And I know that I have to take it one day at a time and just be able to give myself some peace and serenity, you know. And so I also tell myself, do I want to be right or do I want to have peace? I don't, even though I might be right, is it really that important? And I'm not perfect. There's some days where I'm just, the connection isn't there. Uh, but most days it's there if I say that myself to myself in the morning when I wake up. And that's, that's, that's what does it for me, you know. I always thank my higher power before every meal. I say, dear God, please come, please come between me and the food before the food comes between me and you. Because if I start compulsively overeating, the channel's going to get blocked up like an artery. 
and I'd rather not do it. So it's a major artery, too. So if it gets blocked up, I can die spiritually again. So I'm just grateful that everybody's here, my fellow visionaries, and I hope that will pass. Again, this is Matt M. over here on the East Coast in New Jersey, and my phone number is 848-205-3532. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you, Matt M. And um, just for, for the future, we leave our telephone numbers until the end of the meeting. Oh, I'm okay? so sorry. That's I'm all right. Sorry. Nope, nope, that's okay. You didn't know. Otherwise, you know, no problem. All right, let's have Kathy, Kathy K. Please go ahead. Hi, Tannis. Thank you for your service. Can you hear me? I can hear you good, uh, yes. Great. Um, this is Kathy K. from Boston, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and I really want to say something to the newcomer who's reading this, as I did um, for several years, actually, that um, this is me. I am agnostic. There's nothing that I can do to change that. And um, I was just so grounded in 40-some-odd years of thinking one way. I just did not see another way to do it. And just like everybody has talked uh, already about, I I had my own particular experience growing up, which was that of prizing self-reliance, and um, there was no mention of God. And I spent my whole uh, life, really, trying to become as self-sufficient as I could and there was this underlying prejudice that those who have to rely on a so-called higher power must be weak or cowardly if they don't believe in themselves. And this was an extremely hard set of assumptions to let go of. And I have to say, um, my first 10 years in program, I just ignored the whole issue. Uh, and had very little growth, um, and had on and off abstinence. Um, And it was only when I became willing to work the steps and had a sponsor who gently showed me how I could consider something other than my own beliefs um, and had me do a couple of things, which later on turned out to be very helpful. One was to begin writing about if I had a higher power, what would that higher power do for me? Um, And also she suggested that I talk with other um, fellow travelers about how they thought about God and how they developed that understanding. And um, that was the beginning of opening my mind and heart. And it's been a very slow process, and there are days when I feel disconnected, but there are so many more days when I start my day asking God to uh, be with me and committing to being with God so that I can face the challenges ahead. Uh, It's nothing less than a major miracle in my life, and with that, I pass. And thank you, Kathy Kay. Maria, you're next. Star one to unmute. Is this for me, Maria? Yes, it is. Yeah, oh, thank you. This, this is Maria in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, 
I, I, I would like to, to repeat what somebody said a few days ago about uh, agnostics uh, without knowledge, but also added without knowledge of what my spirituality will be. And, uh, and I, I didn't know, I didn't know that uh, there was something different between religion and spirituality. Um, I grew up in a home where the, it was the, the god of superstition. We had a lot of superstitions about a lot of things. And, uh, and we kind of went with that. You don't do this on Friday. You don't do this on Sunday. Or, um, so it wasn't so much uh, talked about God. And when um, I just want to relate a, a little story about a sponsor I had who used to smoke. And she told me, uh, I was at her house, and she showed me the pack of cigarettes on, on the desk. And she said, okay, uh, pretend that this is you. Uh, can you move by yourself? That Can that pack of cigarettes move by itself? And I said, no. I said, okay, now imagine a, a big battery in the sky somewhere, and you take a few wires, and you connect that, that box of that pack of cigarettes to that battery. Will it be able to move? And I said, yes. I said, well, there's your higher power. As long as, as, long as you stay connected, you can move and you can do all kinds of things. And, and that became my first higher power. And um, later on, uh, I, I moved overseas and I had to... Uh, or back overseas, and I had to borrow somebody's God because I didn't have one. I said, I'm going back to my old playgrounds, my old playmates. And she said, okay, do you believe that Diane believes? And I said, yes. Why? She wouldn't lie to me. She said, okay, borrow her God and take that God with you. And I did. And um, that that's how it, it sort of developed. It's uh, my higher power uh, develops all the time. It's, it doesn't have a name. It's it's uh, it's something that's within me and everywhere, and um, that seems to help. Uh, thank you for letting me share a past. And thank you, Maria. Before we go on, we're going to continue. There's so much in this paragraph. My name is Janice M., and I am a, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um you know, this is step two. Step two is very simple. It truly is simple. You know, the reason why, first of all, I had food and other material things as my higher power. Now, I, I found, like they found, we know how he feels. Um, I, I found that those things did not work for me. So I had to conclude that, you know, the food is no longer my higher power. I, I had to because it didn't work. <laughs> so if it didn't work, it can't be a higher power. Um, but I made it my higher power. So all this step is telling me, um, if you're new, is, okay, you concluded that you're powerless. I concluded that there was nothing else for me to do. I, I, I didn't have the power myself, other things outside of me. So now I needed a spiritual power. This this step doesn't tell me to define it or, you know, maybe we'll use the word God, yes, but it's your own conception of God. It's just a higher power, a spiritual power, and um, that's that's what it is. I mean, a lot of us had prejudices. I mean, I know I did. I lived across from a, um, a Catholic church, and I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, i got to do exactly what they say. i got to believe what they teach me, otherwise I will not be saved all this sort of thing. 
And so, you know, I used to blame him. I knew, you know, there was a power, a God, or whatever, if you want to call him God, that that helped other people, but certainly not me. So this step here is so simple. It's concluding after step one, that I'm powerless. Okay, now I need a power. And how am I going to find that power? It doesn't tell me I have to believe right today. And when I'm in the second step, all it says I have to find a higher power, and that's going to be guaranteed. You will find, like I did and others on this line, a power by action of the 12 steps. That's what I see here. Um, I had a lot of prejudices. My, my, I was brought up with, if you're not in my religion, you're not going to be saved. I mean, now, really. So, you know, I had to put that aside. I had to open my mind slightly, just just not be have be closed. The opposite of open is closed. I was closed minded. Very simple. Just be willing. That's all this step tells us to do, um, and not try to find out not why and all that. Okay, I'm, we're going to go on with this uh, same paragraph. For does anybody else want to comment on it? Barbara. Barbara. Anybody else? Okay, then let's go to Barbara, please. Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. I'm very glad to be looking at this this morning because it's calling up to me the fact that I did come to OA with a God, and I didn't see that that God was, as it says in this paragraph, inadequate. It was certainly my God was inadequate to deal with my dependence upon food and the unmanageability of my life. But when I heard the early meetings, the use of the word God, higher power but God, which is what I was used to, it was different. I needed to hear somebody say, you've been honoring a false God. I needed it in the terms I was used to. I was used to God. I needed that graphic image that a person created at an early meeting where she said, just imagine worshiping this false god of food. Imagine if you took that bowl of food and put it on a chair and put the chair on the table and you bowed down and worshiped it. You're honoring a false god. I needed for me to hear that there was indeed a worshiping of a god and that god was food beyond the term higher power for me because I was used to the, as it says, word, the word god. And I'm very thankful for the person that toppled that so that I could then be with that space that was created by the toppling of the false God open to where I would be led in the program uh, to a God. And then even a return to absorbing the the practices and the beliefs of the God I had, but enfleshed with the adequacy of the 12-step program in the way. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Barbara B. We're going to go Charles on. Charles H. Oh, go ahead, Charles H. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Janice, um, for your service. Good morning. My name is Charles H. A recovered visionary. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, this is this is great. You know, um, it. You know, for me, it's it's amazing. You know, I, first of all, I want to thank Abby for that. That's famous line on page 12, why don't you choose your own conception of God? You know, it's it's amazing that, you know, I interact with people that have their own conception of God because they allow me to have my own conception. And, you know, you know, the spirituality comes when 
when when I mix with anybody's conception of God, and we just mix, because because I'm not scared to say it. Like early in the program, I'm like, oh, you don't believe in in, in the God of my understanding? Well, I ain't talking to you, and that's a closed mind right there. And that you know, all through recovery, um, those three letters that helped me out: H O W, honesty, open-minded, and willingness. I need to allow people to choose their own conception. And even if it's not my conception, that shouldn't block me because that's still self-will. Self-will run riot or kill me. Self-will will kill self. So at this point, I don't care what conception um, anybody uses, whether it's in- inadequate or not. It's your own conception. That is the loving care that, the first hundred and the people that made this book. Um, like I say, I'm religious, but you know what? I, I'll go anywhere to seek a higher power that is adequate. It's adequate when I say it's adequate. It's adequate when I believe it's adequate. And that's all step two um, is all about. Came to believe. You know, it ain't, it ain't, it's no action there. Came to believe in a power greater than myself. And, um, you know, where two of us um, or more is gathered, <clears throat> that's a power greater than myself. Um, the fridge and the, the things <clears throat> in that fridge, <clears throat> excuse me, is a power greater than myself. Um, you know, just just a vision for you and, 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 and the newcomers and the seasoned vets, power greater than myself. This big book, um, definitely a power greater than myself. But that, 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 that um, sentence on page 12 is the most loving and caring sentence ever in 12-step history in, in, in my book. And however inadequate or adequate my higher power is, when I get deep, a deep spiritual, effective um, experience, my higher power is illuminated and becomes very adequate when I believe and have faith in that higher power, and with that, I pass. Thanks for allowing me to have a voice this morning. And thank you, Charles, for sharing. Is there anyone else who would like to comment on this paragraph? All right, let's go on. Um, Sharon R.S., you can st- uh, read that paragraph, please. The next paragraph on page 46. Good morning, Janice, and thank you uh, for your service, and good morning to all who are on the line. This is Sharon R.S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express an, even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results even though it was impossible for any of us to fully defined, define or comprehend that power, which is God. So what is an agnostic temperament? It's an odd pairing of words because I, I never thought of uh, agnosticism as a temperament, or, uh, but basically a temperament is a person's nature, that permanently affects their behavior. So basically, Bill is saying that it is the nature of the agnostic to think about and question these things. So it's interesting that 
Bill speaks about the agnostic as having an easier time. Uh, he actually feels that they have an easier time of getting this program of recovery, which is which is remarkable. But on page 26 of the 12 and 12, he says that, um, let's see if it's page 26. He says that, um, that they have as a, uh, they have a, an easier time of of getting these steps than does those that are believers so um actually that's on page 28 so i'm going to i'm going to just really quickly read you that that um uh uh section there. It says, sometimes AA comes harder to those who have lost or rejected faith than to those who have never had any faith at all. Uh, For they think they have tried faith and found it wanting. So the agnostic uh, apparently has it easier. And, um, but he says that, um, and for for one for three reasons he says well actually not for three reasons there are three things that he tells agnostics that makes it easier for them he tells them that aa does not demand that the agnostic or atheist believe anything the steps are just suggestions two he says to get sober and stay sober you don't have to swallow all of step 2 right now and the third thing that he tells them is that all you need is an open mind, uh, which he describes uh, um, agnostics and atheists as having because of their basic temperament, because they're always questioning anyway. But the main thing he tells the agnostic is resign from the debate club. Stop debating. And that gives them an opening. But the the real interesting thing in this paragraph, and and just about step two, uh, which is coming to believe in a power greater than ourselves, and that that power can restore us to sanity, is that we don't have to take it all at once. All you need is an open door, and like Charles was describing, all you need is that little bullet leaf in something whatever it is it just has to be greater than you it has to be able to restore you to sanity and it can't be us ourselves and with that i pass well thank you sharon rs who would like to comment on this paragraph mary ellen i hear marie mary ellen i hear leah I hear Diana B. Okay, I think that's all we're going to have time for. If not, we'll continue. Maria, Leah, and Diana B. Please go ahead. Star one. Was there a Maria? All right. Let's go to Leah, please. Thank you so much, Janice. Um, good morning, everybody. It's Leah. Um recovered. Uh, We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results. At least that was my experience. I mean, the big book is is actually very gentle at this point. It's saying, 
you know, one does not have to believe, only be willing to believe it. And and that was enough for me to begin. I mean, step one, you know, made it clear to me that I was powerless and that I was beyond human aid and left to my own resources. You know, I could not conquer this obsession of the mind. So then we get to step two. And, you know, thank God Bill W. was a real alcoholic. And thank God he knew how I was going to feel when I got here. You know, he had to create... The text creates this hoop that's large enough for all of us to jump through. You know, thank God they knew that based on old ideas about God, it would be impossible or very challenging uh, for many of us to take this leap. So this chapter is going to give more information and give some new ideas about God so we can discard the old ideas that aren't working and, and make a new decision. But all it took right now was a willingness to believe. I mean, I was cornered. You know, my disease had beaten me into a pulp. So, you know, I didn't have to have any concrete evidence at this point. I didn't have to any, have any particular feeling about it. Uh, you know, it was a very thin, obscure, empty, dark kind of place that I was in. <laughs> um, you know, I had a plastic band around my wrist, and yet sitting across from me were people who were free. They were free. <laughs> Something was working for them. So, you know, although I couldn't, uh, you know, intellectually wrap my brain around what God was, who God was, does he exist, uh, you know, the fact was that I had no knowledge spiritually. I had never tried to use a higher power in my life. I had run my own show. I had uh, ruled my own destiny. And, you know, and I had the results of that which was torture and suffering and pain and misery. So, uh, you know, ruling my own show got me in a lot of trouble because I was running on human resources and I needed something greater than human. So this book, this text, this program of recovery created a, a huge hoop for me to jump through. And despite my crippled belief system, uh, this program, I didn't have to worry about, quote-unquote, taking step two. Step two took me on a journey that I could never envision through the process of these steps. Led me to a place I could never have uh, envisioned in my life, never described, uh, and I didn't know it even existed. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you, Leah M. I apologize. That was Mary Ellen, but time is up. Um, so Mary Ellen and Deanna B., perhaps for the next hour meeting that we are going to have. So thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Anne-Marie M., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Uh, Anne, are you calling on me, Anne-Marie? I am Anne-Marie, yes. <laughs> okay, Anne-Marie, recovered compulsive eater in uh, South Carolina. Um, a book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will continually... I'm sorry.
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.